sometimes it feels like I have a leak. Any goodness I had in me slowly spilled out, and now it's gone forever. I'll never get it back. It's too late. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives and we almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. And when we do talk about it, many of us, we're not very good at it. And that includes me. So one of my goals with this podcast is to keep having conversations suicide attempt survivors as best I can. I thank each and every one of you for being a guest on this show and to everybody who listens. And by the way, we're almost at 15,000 downloads per month. More people, more places, feeling less shitty and less alone. Now, if you are a suicide attempt survivor and you would like to talk, please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter, at Suicide Noted, and check the show notes. There are additional ways you can reach out to us. You can learn more about our programs and presentations. And we have launched our membership site. Does this change anything about hearing survivor stories every Monday? Absolutely not. We are trying to raise money so that we can get more stories out to more people in more places. And that comes at a cost. So if you'd like to help us out, I've included a link. Have a look. Have a listen, have a read, and if it's your thing, join us. And if it's not, that's cool too. We appreciate all of you, really. And for those of you that have been making regular contributions, I will reach out to you to see if you want to change platforms. You will have some options. And though I rarely remind any of you these days, it really helps a lot if you listen on Apple to rate or review the podcast. I don't really understand the algorithm, but it helps people find the podcast when they're looking for this kind of thing. And finally, we are talking about suicide on this podcast, as the title suggests. It may not be a good fit for everybody, so please take that into account before or as you listen. But I do hope you listen, because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Robert. Robert lives in Ontario, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Robert in Ontario. What's up? Hey, Sean. How about you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. I'm all right. What's going on in Ontario? Like a lot of people I talk to for this podcast are in Ontario. What are you guys doing? Is there a lot of... I don't know, man. I don't know. Canada. Yeah. No, we, I'm actually, um, right now I'm in a treatment facility. Oh, yeah? For substances and um, PTSD and trauma. Mm. Uh, so that's why we get the whiteboard behind me. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're just actually hanging out. Uh, Sundays are usually pretty easy days. We were watching, I don't follow soccer, but the World Cup's on. Canada was just playing. So, but they just got, they just got creamed by Croatia 4 to 1. So, yeah. Well, I think if I, I didn't watch it, but I saw you scored very early, which must have been encouraging. It was very exciting at one point. Yeah. And then it went downhill fast. The US put themselves in a tough spot. We have to win. We don't win, we're out. Yeah. We can't tie. Yeah. I think we're in good shape, but. Now, we could talk about football for an hour, but... Oh, I could go on and on, yeah. There's a lot of podcasts, a lot, about soccer, a.k.a. football. 
There's yeah. not that many that talk openly about suicide. That's something to think about in terms of, oh, okay. Soccer, love it. Great sport. Thousands yeah. of podcasts. Suicide. Yeah. So I'm glad we connected. All right. Robert is in uh, the province of Ontario and you are not at home. No, I am at a treatment facility about an hour, two hours away from my place. Like I said, for uh, PTSD and trauma. And then there's a side of uh, addiction to it. Uh, I've actually been to this treatment facility before, uh, just at the substances program, uh, mainly for mm-hmm. alcohol. That can go around. So, I mean, it's nice only because it's a little familiar, but it sucks being here again. I bet. Before, just working on addiction was... I mean, it's still hard. I mean, I'm an alcoholic through and through, but the trauma and the PTSD when they pull that stuff out, yeah, because I've been suppressing that for like 10, 15 years is uh, it's tough. And obviously all this connects to, has to connect to the S word, has to. Uh, suicide, yeah, man. So the how did you find the podcast and why did you try to find a podcast like this, I suppose would be a good starting point. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I've been dealing with suicidal thoughts pretty much on a daily basis for 10 to 15 years. And as I hear all the time on your show, like it's hard to find a podcast about suicide. And I've always just punched in. I use Apple products. So I got Apple radio, whatever it is. So I always, every now and then I punch in suicide. And it was probably three or four months ago that I came across yours. So yeah, that's, that's basically it. Really, it struck a chord in me. It was way different than any other one that I listened to. I don't know, just the style of it. Um, you know, the way people share and up front. There's no like telling people this is how you get help or whatever. You know, it's pure rawness. And uh, yeah, I basically listen to it every night. I've almost gone through them all. So you need to hurry up and get more. It would be weird. To, it would be almost well. Yeah, we have hundred and whatever number of episodes now. You never like it would be weird to be like yeah. We're the best suicide podcast. It's, something's weird about saying that, not only as a, being arrogant, although we are, because everyone's trying, I think. Presumably, they're just trying to help, you know? I am proud of the uniqueness of it. Yeah. Yeah, you should be, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I get people wanting to help. I understand that. I mean, it's natural in a lot of people, but uh, it's just yeah. nice just to, to hear people's stories without any... I mean, you give your side sometimes, obviously, but just without any... To go do this, go do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, in your case, what the hell good would it do? You're already in a fucking facility. You get it. This is a last-ditch effort for me. Like, I, I got in here because I uh, attempted suicide for the fourth time. Let me go back and just, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, in the past 10 to 15 years, so I heard, not months, years, you said you've been thinking about it daily. So, so if I'm understanding, for the last 10 or 15 years, since the mid to late 2000s, or perhaps a bit later, Every fucking day? Every fucking day, man. I wake up, it's all my brain. It's all my brain throughout the day. Uh, I mean, it's fucking exhausting. Yeah, I mean, I do things that take shit off my mind, like playing sports or watching sports. Or I'm in, like, I love artwork, so I do a lot of paintings and whatnot. But it's still there. It's still there till I go to bed. And then I even have fucking dreams about it. So, like, I can't escape it, you know? And I've tried so much, like, like I said, second time around at treatment, I've seen a bazillion fucking therapists, doctors. I mean, I suffer from major depressive disorder. So I've gone through over a dozen medications for that. So yeah, it's a, it's been a hell of a fucking journey. I mean, I laugh, but I laugh out of, I don't know what. 
So before yeah. I ask some more detailed stuff about all the stuff you've gone through, which obviously leads a lot into suicide and ideating and attempting, who knows that you're on a call with me about this? Nobody. Is that just because it's not convenient to tell them or you just don't talk about it with people? There's a lot of people that know about my suicidal thoughts and, and, and attempts, but I just don't care to tell anyone. Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm hot or anything. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't want you to use my nickname because a lot of people know me by that. Plus, I don't know if work ever, fuck, ever fucking heard this. I don't know if that would affect me. just didn't care to tell anyone. Like, yeah, I get that. What, what kind of work do you do or what were you doing? I still am. Um, I'm a firefighter. I've been for the last uh, 17 years. So I got hired when I was 20. Um, before that, spent a little stint uh, in the military, just a brief one, two years uh, infantry. I admire fire people, like legit. Wow. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. No corny saying, you know, it's my fucking job, right? Whatever. But uh, I, jo- I enjoy it still. I've had some PTSD because of it, but I still enjoy yeah. it. Love it. I love helping people. Are, is the fire, for lack of a better word, fire safety, I'm calling it fire safety, community in Ontario or perhaps in the larger part of Canada, I think for the most part, for the most part in the States, depends where you are, it's a little conservative, right? A little bit of a tough guy, which I get. And I, I don't know if it really matters socio-politically, but they tend to lean right. And I share that only because, in my experience, that tends to be tends to be a little less open to talking about difficult things or hard experiences. Now, is that your experience or is it very different? Uh, very different. And I think it's when I hear American firefighters leaning right, they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, one, you're right. Well, right now, so I don't even know what the hell it is. <laughs> it's not the right old days, but uh, they, they're not pro-union. And we have one of the biggest unions in the world, the IAFF, the International Association of Firefighters. And Canada's part of it. America's part of it. We're all, we're all in the same brotherhood. And I don't know why... They're right. Maybe it's their personalities. I mean, we get a lot of type A personalities. Um, but no, in Canada, it's different. Uh, we're, a, we're a much more left-leaning country, uh, a little more liberal. Um, I mean, I don't need to get in politics on your show, but I mean, I'm definitely liberal. But uh, yeah, so in that sense, when I got hired, it was, it was a very old boys club, um, but it's changed a lot. As we progress as a society, I suppose, and we got more. There was no, there's only one woman when I get hired. Now we have like four or five uh, out of like 200 firefighters in my city. But uh, yeah, so even our peer support group, how do I put this? The management itself, the city itself, even our benefits doesn't, is not covering my treatment, which is, which is insane. Like we have teachers here in Ontario that their treatment is getting covered. Like there's guys coming in here with their wives benefits because they cover treatment, but they don't cover treatment for, for us, which is fucking insane. Yeah. So they're, they're really, to come out to my peer support group and all that, it's easy. It's not like I've, I've spilled my guts and it's, it's good. Very good. Now I'm doing the math here. And, you know, because we don't have that much time together, we're not going to be able to get into the nitty gritty of every childhood moment. It's hard to figure out how to summarize it. But I, I want to start here and then you could sort of backtrack and we'll move forward. For some reason, I'm thinking about 9-11 because you're about 16 years old then, if my math is correct. Obviously, you're not in the United States. So anyway, uh, does that impact a 16-year-old uh, uh, robber seeing that and then decides eventually military fire? Yeah, you know what? I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't impact. Like, it did. It just reinforced more what type of career I wanted to do. Because my whole family, my dad's RCMP, which is police here, the federal police. My brother's in the military. 
Uh, my one sister's a nurse. My mom was a nurse. I have another sister. She's black sheep. She just has like a desk job or something. But yeah, so it kind of runs in the family. And uh, so that's kind of where it came from. I've always had an urge. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's chasing the, the adrenaline or just helping people. I mean, I was a lifeguard too, growing up as a, as a teenager. So um, yeah, it's kind of revolved around it. But yeah, 9 11, I mean, fuck yeah, that, um, yeah, just reinforced things, I guess. So at some point, teenage, early 20s, it sounds like you start to really struggle in a way that ultimately leads to try to take your own life. So it's a little, it's a little mixed bag here. Like uh, I've always had, I'm an atheist. I've always had a very kind of dark view on the world growing up, but it never really affected me. Like I didn't get one in deep depression over it, but like in high school, I was bullied in grade nine, 10. And, you know, as a typical teenager, I don't know, like a dramatic teenager, I had suicidal thoughts, but they were never, I think a lot of teenagers have that, but it was never anything serious. Um, but it, yeah, it wasn't until my late twenties, early mid to late twenties that uh, the major depressive disorder took over after a couple of life events, and that's when shit got serious. Like, I don't want to really go into too much of the work stuff because that's just it's hard shit, and I don't know if even people listening want to hear about what I see. Right? Yeah, I mean, at work, you know, a lot of fucking burnt bodies, people missing limbs, like a lot of you know pulling families out from fires that you can't say like a lot of fucking shitty stuff, even animals, man. I'm a dog person. And sometimes it sounds weird, but sometimes when I find dead dogs in a, in a fire, like it hits me more than, than, than humans. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. weird, but. So I like, yeah, my, one of my big things that like, like destroyed my innocence and kind of destroyed like my constitution on life, like my principles and stuff was I had this very serious relationship. It's one uh, woman um, lasted about five, six years or so. Right. We're, we're talking about marriage, kids, buying a house together. She was basically, she was going to university at the time. She was basically living with me. I was paying for a lot of her university. It, it was very, you know, it was the first girl I ever loved. Right. And then I find out that, um, she had an abortion without telling me, which, you know, I'm very pro women choice, but fuck man, don't I get to say like, and we're, we're talking about having kids. She goes and does this behind my back, but she fucking killed my kid. That kind of snowballed. And then I found out towards the end that she was cheating on me. So it kind of just started bringing out the fucking depression right there. And things just snowballed, whether it was calls at work or my own fucking self-sabotage. I've made a lot of fucking stupid decisions since then. Like, a lot that's some heavy stuff you don't you you're not validated by me i know but still as i hear it because i think dudes especially we just run over that stuff we're like yeah you know she cheated whatever it's like all right well if it's just whatever for you upon reflection fine but for a lot of people that'll drive them fucking crazy and homicidal suicidal is on the table for some people it is yeah yeah man like i don't know i if you, th- if you just say whatever, like, I don't think you actually love the person, to be quite honest with you. Like, uh, maybe that's some way for people dealing with it. Maybe, you know, I can understand that. But, uh, yeah, like, I, when she told me, I didn't even ask her any. I didn't even want details. Like, I had no idea how many. It was just once. Uh, I didn't want to know the details. And she was at the host. And I said, just get the fuck out of here. I, like, I don't know if I'm doing anything stupid. And then I said, one day, don't. Doors open. Get your shit. I don't want to see you. I never talk to you again. She stole to this day contacts me every year with like a different number different social media account like i've had her blocked on everything and she's as far as i know now she's, she's like with this guy with a family like his own kids i guess and this is just the type of fucking evil person she is i don't know i, I, I get well 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 that's a whole other podcast which isn't this one 
because because I'm so removed from your life, right? Uh, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, but she's just super hurt also, and does fucked up things because she's damaged as fuck. But you, but I get it from from my point of view. I'm over here. I'm way over here, right? So I'm like, all right, people are fucked up, period. But I can give you, and I'm not going to like, not, not right now, like specific examples from my life why I wanted to kill the girl. At the time, I couldn't care less about her fucking pain or her problems or her damage or what her dad did. I didn't give, but now, all right, well, that's all I'm saying. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, those emotions are just as intense today as they were. Right. Oh, really? Wow, yeah. And that was what, like 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, around that range, yeah. And that's about when you start thinking about this stuff, right? In this way. Yeah, that's when the real self-destructive behaviors happen. And then suicide rolled into that, right? Like my drinking, I was always a social drinker. I mean, alcoholism runs in my family. I was in a lot of people's families, right? But um, that's when I became not a social drinker. That's when I was, right at that point, like I was drinking to kill myself, actually, that I think about it. I mean, it's a slower way, but I'd be drinking a, you know, I'd be drinking a 60 of vodka every day and then go to the bar at night. And, like, What's a 60 of vodka? Is that a, is that a regular like bottle? That's the bigger one. 60 ounces. Yeah. That's several. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah, man. Like just a lot of, it's a six cent in a six, sick S I C K sense. I love being hungover because the pain was so fucking intense physically that it made me forget the other pain I was feeling in a fucking weird twisted way. I'm not a cutter and I don't know much about cutting, but a lot of people I've talked to here have cut. It reminds me of that a little bit, like some control, some change, like there's this pain and that's what you have to think about, but not all the other stuff in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I think. Right. Yeah. And every time I say stuff like that, I'm sure there are counselors and psychologists out there being like, if they hear this, like, Dude doesn't know shit. I'm like, and I don't, I don't know shit. I'm just saying sometimes something reminds me of something. So don't send me any fucked up. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go to the first one. We're going to bounce. So you have tried four times, right? Four serious attempts. Yes. Right. Okay. But so what, so do you remember the first one? Yeah. Yeah. Very clearly. Um, I can't give a date, man. A lot of this stuff is mis- the date wise mishmash in my head just because my, my substance abuse and, uh, like so but it was early on um and it was uh obviously after a very very heavy day of drinking so drinking and then i had a bottle of sleeping pills that because uh, I, I obviously issues sleeping um mm-hmm. that i just got refilled a 60 bottle of them um 60 pills um i already used 10 and then i took 50 of them 50 fucking pills and i thought this will do it it's mm-hmm. gotta do it then go to bed wake up Fuck, I'm here. What the fuck? And like, just a hangover, just hangover. Yeah. And like, I've told my doctors and therapists since, and they're like, man, you should be dead. I, I don't know. Like, I've kind of contributed to, I got a high tolerance to, to drugs in general and alcohol. Probably. Yeah. But I don't know yeah. if that was part of it, but fuck, man. Like, it just didn't, I was like, this is unbelievable. Were you just like, I, I'm done? It's over. It's dead. This is, I wrote a note. Because the serious times, I usually like, yeah, there's times where I wasn't like, I was hoping maybe not to wake up, but it wasn't serious. Like, I don't know how to put it, but yeah, oh. I wrote a note. I was prepared. I got a dog, which I can't even talk about. It breaks my heart. That's, that's probably the only reason why I'm still alive. It was some luck of other things, but uh, yeah, I had written instructions out how to look, who's looking after my dog. 
Uh, I had a lot of shit and hate there towards uh, my ex um, and just basically telling everyone else, friends and family that it's not their fault. Like, don't, I know they're going to feel horrible, but just wasn't their fault. They did everything they could. Like, they're so supportive. My family's super loving. And Before I ask about the aftermath, because I'm quite curious, and I do think people need to hear this stuff out there. There's probably, whether we can identify or not, a reason it was that day. And not the day before. And not the day before that. And I don't know. So when I ask that, I'm just so curious. You've probably been thinking about it for weeks, months, years. That's the day. It'll probably be a year or two in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason, there's nothing different. It was just that day, finally exhausted enough to do the serious ones. Like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, no rhyme or reason I picked that day. Just adding up after day, after day, after day. It just adds up, adds up, adds up. And then you write the note. You take, you drink, you take the pills, you wake up. You're mostly okay, which is fucking amazing. And you, know, if you've heard the podcast, this is a question I do ask. And I know it's like a lot of these questions isn't an easy one. Like a lot of people out there, maybe not our listeners so much, but people in general would probably think, fucking awesome. You're alive. You made it. It's like, I don't think so. I don't think most people are thinking that way. <laughs> they wanted to die. So, or the no. pain to go away and they still have pain. So what's, what's it like that next day, that next week? Like, fuck. Well, it's like a mixed bag of feelings. Like I woke up and like, yeah, I instantly thought I was fucking alive. Like this isn't, this isn't right. This is what wasn't my plan. And uh, there's a bit of, thank goodness. Cause my dog, like as soon as I saw him in the morning, like, fucking, I don't even talk about fucking start bawling. Like broke my heart, you know? But yeah, no, I just really wished it was fucking successful. To this, to this day, I still wish most of the time, except for when I'm seeing my dog or thinking about him heavily, you know, um, I wish that all four would have worked. Oh, it, even upon reflection, double digit years now, I wish yeah. that I had died that day, those days. And you mentioned, it seemed with a lot of vigor or a lot of oomph that you're an atheist. So can I, can I assume as an atheist not an agnostic an atheist that but that you thought you would just be dead and that's just it like i'm in the ground my ashes are burned it's over everything's over is that is that fair yeah man the way i say it to people is like you know what it was like before you're born right that's exactly it so that's how it's gonna be like you know i'm very scientific i could talk your off about you know uh, the possibilities of me being in a multiverse and shit like that, right? Create, you know, all these theories that maybe that might happen or the universe fucking expands and then comes back and re-goes yeah. and, you know, infinite times, you know, if that happens an infinite amount of times and maybe I, and I would have this chance to live this life again, which would suck. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, it's nothingness, which is fucking relief. Yeah. Like, even if I, know, even if I know I don't have it, I'm not feeling this. It's fucking relief. It's, it's messed. Did you ever, so after, in the aftermath, and this might've applied also before, did you see a therapist? Did you go to a hospital? Any sort of that kind of care? Dozens of therapists, doctors, um, like psychologists, psychiatrists, my family doctor. I only went to the hospital on my last attempt. So the one that happened like a little over a month ago. And the only reason why I went was the girl that I was dating at the time. She fucking broke, and I don't know, she broke up with me the day I fucking came here to treatment. So anyways, that's a whole other story. But uh, she called the police 
And uh, the next day, they did a wellness check on me, and I was honest with them with what happened because this was, I don't know, I didn't care. And they said, well, you know, it sucks. And they knew I was a firefighter, and, you know, it was kind of that bond between police and firemen, right? And they're just like, man, it sucks, but we got to do it. We got to take you to the hospital and check out. So, I mean, I go to the hospital, and I'm fine, but, you know, I see this like, I see this psychiatrist, and I just say, uh, at that point, I had a lot of people push me to go back to treatment. So I, I, at that time, I didn't even know if I was going to. I just told the psychiatrist, listen, give me some Valium, get me back to treatment. And that was partially give me Valium just to fucking use it and partially to get me to treatment if I decided to go. Just to go back, after the first one, did you had you been diagnosed with anything yet? Because when we were talking earlier, there's substance abuse. You used the word uh, depression of some kind and PTSD, like – Where's that in the mix? Is that being diagnosed and, and treated? Yeah, so I've been diagnosed with three different things. Uh, major depressive disorder, bipolar, uh, some type of personality disorder. Um, so the bipolar and personality disorder one, like I never felt that. Like I don't have bipolar people have fucking highs. Like I get no fucking highs. <laughs> right. I, get neutral, I get neutral and low. It's, it's never neutral unless I'm sober. Mm. Um, so major depressive disorder, hundred percent. And then coming here are PTSD. And so whatever the fuck that adds up to, but is that, is that in part due to the work you do? I'm finding out now that since I've developed my depression, that some things at work have affected me more than they would if I was healthy. Yeah. Enforcing this dark world that I feel like we, well, I live in anyways. Pretty fucking dark, yeah. You you could argue it's super light and fluffy, but I think those are the fucking ill people, but we don't have to get into that shit. How many people know about the first attempt in the world? World. Well, obviously all my doctors and therapists. Uh, my dad knows. Two very close friends that know. And they're also close friends, but on my peer support team uh, through the union. Mm. Uh, two of them know. Uh, I don't think they know about all of them, but definitely my dad knows. Oh, sorry. My dad knows about all of them except for the most recent one. But my two best buds know about everything, everything to a detail. Are they freaking out? Are they giving you a big hug? What are they doing? I know it's individual, but what what happens? Well, with my buddies, like, I don't know if they're too shocked or I don't know. It's hard to tell. The guys I'm talking to, too, like, they've gone through some shit in their lives. So it's, it's almost, I don't know. They're not, they're just an ear. Like they invented to me in the past because they know the fucking struggles I've gone through. And so, yeah, there's no, like, I mean, definitely them saying, you know, I'm grateful that you're still here, Um, but no real judgment, nothing, just an ear. And then we'd fucking, you know, have some drinks together. Right. But yeah. But the dad, I would imagine dads are different than friends. Yeah, he took it. My dad's a pretty fucking strong guy. Like mentally, you know, um, he actually dealt with a bit of depression himself after something happened at his work. But um, mm. he um, was just accepting. Wow. You know? No, I don't know what was really going on inside of his head. Like, I was a little nervous to tell him. But um, mm. I told him when I, he took me to treatment last time. And then my family looked after my dog. Because my family actually lives out east. Canada, Nova Scotia. So all my family's out there. 
Um, so he came to, look, to take my dog back out east anyway. So I, he took me to treatment last time and that's when I kind of spilled the guts to him. But yeah, he just, he, I mean, definitely loving, like, you know, my parents are very loving, but not, not a huge, huge reaction. Almost like maybe expected it, not expected it, but just everything I've gone through is not as surprised maybe. Is that where you're from, by the way, Nova Scotia? Yeah. So yeah, I grew up out in Nova Scotia and then I moved to Ontario for school. Um, when I was 18, yeah. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, I don't care. No, oh my God, shut up. Keep, just tell me about the time you killed yourself. That's all we cared about. Exactly. I hate to say it this way, but let's summarize, so to speak. I want to talk more about the fourth one because it's so recent, but number two and three, are they kind of similar? How far are they apart? Yeah, so two and three are pretty close together. They uh, they happened probably four or five years after the first one. Um, the, fir- the second time was was identical to what I did the first time. I don't, maybe I just drank more. I don't know. Um, but same result. Third time, uh, I actually tried a different way. I tried hanging myself in my closet. Um, it worked. It was working well up until the point my fucking closet bar snapped. Um, and yeah, that leads us up to the recent one. Now, in, in all of those, the second and the third, is there anything, di- excuse me, is there anything different in terms of all the stuff I asked about with the first, like how you felt afterwards, how people engage with you family or friends hospitalizations is it a sort of a similar little story going on basically the same as the first one yeah yeah i didn't go i mean i uh, i've eventually told my doctors and therapists and whatnot but no same same deal yeah because tell me and i know where the story is going uh, i i sometimes don't use like that word story but i think you know what i mean when you tell me the first one and then you say you have a second one you have a third one like my brain and i, I is well there's going to be a fourth one and actually, yeah. I know you're in a facility right now, a substance. We'll get to that more in a bit, but it's probably going to be a fifth one. Sorry if that sounds fucked up. No, you're absolutely right. Um, like I'm in a safe spot here. So nothing real. I mean, I could do something I really want to, but I'm, I, but I'm on a sober mind too. And I've only had a, a sobriety this, I'm only like 30 some days sober right now. And I've only had sobriety in those 10, 15 years. Um, once after my last treatment, which lasted about a year, year and a half. Other than that, I've been basically drinking every day um, and using some other drugs the odd time, cocaine uh, and abusing pills. Basically, that's that's it. Cocaine just to keep myself fucking drinking. Basically, yeah, right. right. There's a word for that in that world. I don't know what it is where you use one drug so you can use the other drug. I forgot what that's called. Probably call that not super healthy, but I get it. I've done it. You're you're like you're a gamer. You're all in. You're not fucking around. You're a drinker. I'm an alcohol alcoholic through and through, man. There's no or I'm, I had a hard time admit it in the first place, but no. yeah, I was going to ask like how long did it take you to utter those words and mean them? After my last treatment, when was that? Like 2019. And how many times have you been in long term treatment? This is my second time. So the first one was then 2019. And this one yeah. now, 2022, after your fourth attempt, and then there was a girl, and then you're ending up here. Is that right? There's some legal issues in there, too. Some stupid fucking shit I did. You've been there for about a month, you said? Yeah. Can we rewind like two to three months and tell me? And is, and you don't have to include everything, like legal stuff or women's stuff, but can you lead us up and take us through those things? Because I'm very curious about present day stuff, you know? pretty cut and dry pretty black and white just every day getting shit faced and that in itself is just me trying to kill myself slowly like you're just are you thinking 
I'm just gonna, my liver's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's going to give out because some of it's just you're getting drunk and it feels okay. I mean, some of it's just that simple, right? Like yeah. that's what you used to when it feels better than not being drunk. So we drink. I do it. Absolutely. But that's the fucking frustrating part with the drinking is my liver is fucking fine. Like I come in here, I tell them how much I'm drinking. They don't believe me. And then they're like, well, you got a genetic fucking reason for your liver. Not because most people would have cirrhosis or dead. What the fuck? And then I, I'm also a smoker and I fucking smoke. They are smoking out like a pack a day at least. And that's like slowly trying to fucking kill myself too. Right? Like, yeah. So just every day that just trying to numb my thoughts. Cause the only time I have any relief is drinking. I mean, in the beginning it's a relief Obviously, the more I drink, the darker I get. But and when I'm sober, my medications just make me fucking feel numb, man. Like it's nothing. It's like I'm just existing. So that's what that's how I relapsed was I wanted to feel again. That was it. And so yeah, the last couple of months, man, just every day drinking. My sick time went up. I was calling it sick more. Um, but you know, I'm making it into work the odd the odd days and terrible, terrible thoughts. And I was in a toxic relationships. So a lot of that weighed on it, but um, now and hang on. All this while, you talked about some friends you have and others in your life. Are you no judgments here? I promise. But are you ever sharing with people? Yo, this is getting bad. Yeah, no, I, I would never use those words. This is getting bad because as soon as I say that, then they may try to stop me from doing what I'm doing. And I so you're not opening up to people about what's really going on there. Whatever language you might use. Yeah, I would tell like my close buddies, I'd tell them what's up, but I know okay. they're non-judgmental. They don't really say anything back. Like they're just, they're just near, right? And we talk yeah. together. Like makes sense. When's the when's the it's about a month ago you said just before you go into treatment and you try to end your life? Yeah, about like a week before treatment. So yeah, a little over a month. How'd you try? So this time was uh fuck, I don't even know why I laugh. Same amount of pills, same drinking, but I don't know. This time I added a mix to it and I Took a whole bottle of NyQuil thinking that that might help. Fucking wake up. Same thing. So I should really try to stop using that road, I think. <laughs> if it's I will not me. comment on that. <laughs> that is where I must draw the line, Robert, and not say anything about method. You will do what you feel you must do. Yes. Well, if, you know what? I'm smart enough to know what, what else yeah, to do. Yeah, 100%. Um, maybe sometimes... Like, that's an easy way. I maybe consider myself a bit of a coward for not trying other ways, but that seems just very easy to me. But yeah. Well, I mean, it's unsuccessful, so it's hard because you're still alive and it doesn't sound like you want to be. I don't think coward is the word that comes to mind, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. It comes to my mind, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. How do you get into, so are you forced into treatment now or are you uh, uh, going there on your own or a little kind of both? I'm in here for very selfish reasons. What I'm using, man, I'm, I don't know if narcissist is too hard of a word, but I'm not a very good person. I'm a bad person. Like I don't do anything physically to anyone, but I just don't treat people well. Um, yeah. Except for my best. And when I'm at work, it's weird, man. I switch turns and I'm this empathetic fucking guy. It just switches. But yeah. So no, I think my buddies fucking got me drunk one night and then got me to agree. Like <laughs> fucking come here. I got tricked into it. That's what I think. But no, I, like I said, there's some legal and work issues. That this might help too. So I'm like, oh, little, little here for myself, mostly for selfish fucking reasons. Now, look, this isn't going to come out until probably, I don't know, February. You'll be out of there by then. I'm over here on the 22nd of December. So three and a half weeks or whatever it is. Are you yeah. going to drink, you think? Or is it too, you have no idea? 
man, I got no idea. Like, I want to. I fucking crave a drink right now. I crave a drink constantly. I know if I do, I know what will happen. Well, that'll be the starting again of me trying to kill myself. Uh, I don't know. It, well, I can't just I can't just pick up one drink and drink. I don't understand how people do that. Right. And I'm not trying to pour fuel on fire here. Uh, not the best for you, but you get it. Uh, <laughs> Don't fucking tell those jokes to firemen, but they can, they, they, whatever. You've heard them all. It sounds like you don't want to be alive. So I'm wondering, I'm not trying to fuck with you. If you don't want to be alive, I can't imagine you having whatever, let's call it willpower, probably not the right word, to not drink. This this podcast isn't any better because you agree or disagree. I just want to know. I'm hearing this someone who doesn't want to be alive. Oh, man, I got no problem telling you what's up. But yeah, no, I do. It's black and white. The only, the only thing that hurts the fuck out of me is my dog. Like I, and I can't even think about that because like, I'll start fucking hauling. But that's so fucking selfish of me. To, like, I don't even care. Like, I'm not even fucking thinking of my folks, my friends. Think- does that come up? Hey, Robert, are you going to kill yourself when you get out of here? Like, does that come up? Or is it isolated yeah. to just substance abuse? Which, of course, will you know connects the other things. But does that come up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it all comes up, yeah. And you are honest? 100%. So they know you were you you're suicidal still. Yeah, I came in here fucking like right on my chair, suicidal. I didn't get I didn't get uh, like you get uh, permission to do stuff like leave the ward or go outside, right? Like I didn't get that till like they took away all my fucking razors and everything, right? Like oh, I mean, yeah, your seriously. beard is your beard is rather ungangly. Is that because they don't have <laughs> razors? What's going on? I got have my razors back, but uh, all right, that was a choice. I got you. Okay. Yeah, no, they know, they know. So, uh, yeah, it took, took me, you know, about a week to finally get permission. But I thought it was silly when they, you know, like, if I wanted to kill myself, I was fine. Because you're taking away my razors. <laughs> I mean, there's other shit I can do. Well, you're not very good at it, Robert, with all due respect. No, I'm not. You're, at best, we're giving you a C- minus for those collective attempts. That's generous. I know. I'm, well, I'm trying to be nice. I'm hosting a podcast here. I don't want to be a total dick. So usually I ask, might you try again? I don't know. I don't think I need to ask that question, but I do want to ask the question. Oh. Uh, do, will you be alive at 40 years old? It's fucking, I hate fucking thinking about the future, but uh, I don't want to be. Is there any chance, and this isn't loaded. I'm not playing some bullshit therapy stuff here. Is there any chance yeah. something could shift? And I know it's almost impossible to know where that could change. You're like, no, actually, I want to be alive. Something changed. I don't know what the fuck it was, but. That'd be a fucking miracle, man. I don't even believe in miracles. (laughs) Right. Now the atheism is kicking in. But also when you've been struggling for so long, it makes sense to think, all right, it's probably not going to change. You might even argue it's a very rational way of thinking. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it is here. They don't. But um, sure. I mean, right. No, I mean, I don't want to be alive. So, no, I mean, maybe I'll be successful. Maybe I won't be alive by 40. I mean, I can't predict anything. I don't know what's going to fucking happen tomorrow. Right. Let alone just today. But. Um, well, I mean, I know, no, we do know what's going to happen for the next tomorrow, for the next like 25 tomorrows for you, because I'm sure every day is just about the same, right? Yeah, Beyond that, once you get out, it might be. So you still have your job, right? When you get out. Yep. I can't wait to go back. Are you like me and you're just done with women? I'm done. Just to be clear, I'm not going to men. I just, fuck it. I'm done with that all because it doesn't, I'm, I'm a nut job with that shit. I'm bad at it. Okay, Robert? Yeah, I mean. I'm done with fucking trying to make anything serious. Um, yeah. And I'll sabotage anyone I meet. I mean, and then I just fucking use women. Like, you know, fucking my narcissistic fucking alcoholic ways. Like that's the only women that have in my life. Right. 
because um, yeah, I don't want anything fucking serious. Um, I know I'll get hurt, and I know who I am now. So I mean, that's the only you know women that would be in my life. Okay, makes sense. Are there any myths that you would like to dispel? Uh, I think it's selfish. Mm. So that's not a myth because most people do it seems do feel that way, and you're in agreement. A lot of your uh, people say that. Yeah. And then I just start shaking my head and not, you know, I, I'm not, no offense to those people. I mean, everyone's, everyone's got their own way of looking at it. So, yeah, you know, whatever. But no, I, I don't know. I have this like normal part of my brain that's like, yeah, fucking right. This is selfish. Like, you, like, I don't know. Like, and I've witnessed fucking suicides at work and then I see the fucking family afterwards. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's totally selfish, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you can think it's not. I mean, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, I want to kill myself. I don't want to live. Fucking right, that's selfish. There's people that love me up there, right? But I don't care. So for my dog, really. Beating a dead horse here, but yeah. No, I get it. I'm wondering, you know, look, if this was a podcast in which I was speaking with suicide loss survivors, I bet that selfish thing people would think, yeah, no, they would say a lot more often it's selfish. I'm talking to suicide attempt survivors. Naturally... They're going to see it differently. I get it. By and large, you're an exception. I I was going to ask this Oprah question, and it will come as a surprise that I'm not like Oprah. Any words to your younger self is so like, but it's there for you to answer, as well as that second part of that bullet question about thoughts for those out there who might might hear this, whoever they are. I got no thoughts for anyone out there. Like Everyone's got their own struggle. Like I don't know. Everyone's going to deal with it in their own way. Um, I mean, I can relate. We're not alone, obviously, but uh, for my younger self, yeah, forewarn that you're going to lose your innocence very quickly in life. Reality is like a very dark, very tragic at times. And given that fact, you know, as a younger self, I tell myself, try not to lose your constitution on life, like your, your morals that are good. You know, I, I tell them definitely a few people to fucking avoid in my life that maybe would have changed things. Yeah, that's about it. And then hopefully with that little bit of advice, Maybe you could turn things around and not let things happen, but maybe I was just wired this way and this is the way she's going to go. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah. Maybe no matter what you did, it was going to happen. No matter you get adopted by some equally amazing fam. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We don't know. Do you think you'll listen to this podcast episode with me and you talking? Yeah. I thought about that a lot. Well, one come February, I don't know if I'll be around. So that would be a very easy. No. (laughs) I just have that daily fucking suicidal thought right now. I got no plans at the moment, um, per se. Uh, no date in mind. Um, so that February's still fine. But yeah, if I, I don't know. I figured I'm just out of pure curiosity, I probably couldn't stop myself from listening to it. Yeah. This is part of me that doesn't want to listen to it. It's just in case it brings shit out of me that I don't want to hear. And just hearing your own mm-hmm. voice is weird sometimes. So, you know, from around February, probably. I think it's also cool for people who aren't comfortable talking about their stuff to certain people, but they want them to know, like, hey, just listen to that shit. I think that's kind of, I hadn't thought about that much. And I was like, somebody brought it up. They said that this is one of the reasons I want to tell so-and-so about it. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I can see why people would use that tool. Uh, yeah. It makes sense. For myself yeah. personally, I don't think I'll ever tell anyone I was on here. Just because yeah. I just don't care. I don't think it'll change anything. It won't, you know, and no, I got that. Uh, as a side note, I, like I tried AA, right? I'm trying it again. I got depressed even more going to the meetings because you'd hear about everyone's fucking 
dreadful stories. Like, yeah, it's good to get up, but I don't want to hear these. I got my own fucking shit going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and also everyone relapsed. Here I am for the first time sober, you know, in a long time. I'm thinking, okay, fuck, well, I guess I'm relapsing. Fucking everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, it's definitely not the model for everyone, right? For sure. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, we covered everything else. There's, there's this quote that, I don't know, you can fucking throw it in whenever you want it. or Put it in. Want to. Let me hear it. Um, that uh, it's actually from, you ever watch BoJack Horseman? I don't think so. Okay. It's an adult cartoon. Anyways, it's very depressing. Well, when I, when, uh, I'll let you know when I become an adult and then maybe I can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It kind of sums up how I feel like, since shit went sour. Um, it just goes, um, sometimes it feels like I have a leak. Any goodness I had in me slowly spilled out. And now it's gone forever. I'll never get it back. It's too late. That sums her up pretty good. The yeah. end. Ooh, we said at the same time. Um, well, number one, as always, thank you for reaching out, connecting, making the time, especially given your situation now, probably a little more challenging than, than for some others. And then just sharing stuff. Being honest, it's great. People will hear it. I don't think it is, but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, well, in this case, I get to decide. Um, so it does do something. I don't know how much it does, or if that's quantifiable, or if that even matters, but it's not nothing. Let's leave it at that, right? Given my state and how many times I fucking type in suicide and you're stuck, it's got to say something. Like, right on, you know? Like I said before, pat yourself in the back. Thanks, man. I wish you, I don't know what I wish for you because you're going to do what you're going to do. Just the short term, I hope that the rest of your stay goes, for lack of better words, somewhat smoothly. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Right. Take care, Robert. Be well. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Robert up in Ontario. Thank you, Robert. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted and check the show notes. In addition to learning about other ways you can contact us, our programs and presentations, our membership is live. That changes nothing for our Monday conversations with attempt survivors, but for those of you who want to support us financially, and boy, oh boy, do we need the help, there are some perks. I've included the link. Have a look. Have a read. Have a listen. And if it's something you want to get behind, by all means, we would love to have you as a member. In a sense, you're all members of this larger community, but we are trying to find additional ways to raise funds so that We can help more people in more places feel less shitty and less alone. Either way, thank you for your participation and your support. And that is all for episode number 146. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.